Hi, and welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the show. Today, we have a very special guest. He is a true crime YouTuber as well as a Christian suspense author. For those of you who want to support what we are doing, we have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can be a part of that ministry, go to patreon.com slash write stuff and find out how you can help out. And as always, we covet your prayers. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest co-host and contributor today, Gomer Joseph. Gomer, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Parker J. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with me on the show. As you know, I am very excited to talk to you, particularly since you are the first true crime YouTuber I've ever had on this show. And that gives me all sorts of chills and spills going down my spine because it's such an interesting industry in general, the true Mm -hmm. crime industry, because you not only have YouTubers who put light on cold cases, but you also have authors who dig into these cold cases and using their intuition, evidence, and maybe following in the footsteps of police officers who may not have done their job and their detectives, they can possibly figure out a crime that has been unsolved. I am reminded of the one YouTuber who goes out into the waters and he pulls out cars and things. And so far, he's solved about two crimes just doing that. So it's really exciting to have you here with me today. Before we get into all of that, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am Gomer Joseph. I'm actually a Haitian American as well. So my parents are born in Haiti, but born in America. I am the author of the Never As It Seems book series. So far, there are four books out, but I'm outlining book five currently. I'm also an author of another Christian mystery book series, which is the Juliet Clark book series. How much of your heritage is wrapped up in this story? Because different people are going to have different experiences. Okay, well, pretty much with um, this book series, um, the main core family, the August family, is headed by a Haitian immigrant whose name is Kevin August. He's, you know, I would call him, you know, black excellence, you know, came from a country like Haiti, moved to America, became a defense attorney and provided this great future and this great living for his family. What is it about the Haitian American experience that may be different from, let's say, those who are born here natively, like African-Americans and so forth and so on? One thing is that um, I know that it's a culture that we are just connected to, because I know that sadly, you know, with the slave trade and everything, not too many African-Americans have some roots other than, you know, the black American roots. But like for me, you know, we still have kept our culture with the food and with the language. But, you know, when it came to the black American slave trade, you know, it seems like wicked slave masters just pretty much erased that from the history of many black Americans. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm blessed with the culture that I, that was pretty much handed down to me. So. I think that's incredible to have those type of roots. There's always this idea that the black experience is monolithic. I have never subscribed to that ideology. I think everyone is individual and individuals have different experiences. But we do have this thing about group experiences that may 
be similar. So that's why I want to ask that question. You said you are a true crime YouTuber. How in the world did you get caught up in that? I remember every Saturday I would watch America's Most Wanted. So it's like America's Most Wanted. Like I remember just seeing these reenactments. They would just say, yeah, this is a real person and this person, this killer is out there, but we need your help to find them. I'm like, oh my word, like there's a killer on the street, but like I always have to keep watching every Saturday to go ahead and find out who's the killer that might be on the street and everything. So I just remember having like some type of, um, I was I was intrigued by it, but I was also really creeped, by, creeped out by it, but I really had to always stay informed. And that's pretty much how I guess my love for true crime started. It is amazing what one person will do to another. But if you can be the one to solve the crime and bring closure to a family, how mm-hmm. incredible is that? You got into this true crime thing, but there had to be a catalyst. I don't just want to watch about true crime. I want to be involved in it. Yeah, so pretty much um, I know that 2018, it was a rough time in my life. I really didn't know what to do with my life. So I was I was making YouTube videos and everything. I was making like news commentary videos. But then, you know, I just always, you know, kept looking at these other true crime videos on YouTube and I would be seeing all these true crime documentaries. I'm like, you know what? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I get to shed light on like these new com- news commentary videos, but you know, there are just so many cases out there that people just don't know about. And, you know, I just felt like it was probably one of, you know, a responsibility of mine to at least shed light on those cases. So I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and discuss cases that are unsolved, but even discuss cases that are solved so that we can maybe prevent something like this tragedy to happen to another person. Are you familiar with A&E's I Survived? I have. I want to watch it more regularly, but I've seen quite a few things, and it's remarkable what people have. That's what I mean. It is remarkable what people have survived, but they also act as cautionary tales for people who are watching. I -hmm. remember in a few of the I Survived videos, a number of people played dead. When they were shot or stabbed or cut, they played dead, and that saved their life. When you shed light on these cold cases or even solved cases, I think you're bringing attention to people to be aware of their surroundings because some of these things happen in a stranger context, as well as making people aware that you just can't be too careful. And, you know, God is the one who provides protection for us at the end of the day. And I'm really excited to see this because now I'm going to be subscribing to your YouTube channel. And I hope our listeners will do that, too, because I can't be the only one intrigued by this. I can't be. How many subscribers do you have now? So far, um, I do. I just checked. I believe it's about 537. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That's good. That means you have people interested in what you're talking about. And that's only going to grow as you keep doing this thing. Do you remember the first case you commented on? Yes, because um, this. So the first case I commented on was pretty much the first case I really remember. It was the Elizabeth Smart case, because I remember when I was younger, I didn't know about Elizabeth Smart until a movie came out, I think on NBC or CBS or something. And like, I knew that, you know, she, you know, was found and everything, but I didn't get to watch like the whole movie. And I just remember like after I didn't get to watch the whole movie, I didn't get to see like the happy ending. So like, I'm like walking into my room, it's like, ah, I don't want anybody snatching me up from my room and everything. But like, that was like really the first case I remember, but like, praise God she was found. But that's why I decided to cover her first because that's where 
my first real footing with True Crime began. So if someone's going to enter into the true crime YouTube industry, and there's a number of people who do that, what do they have to be aware of? How do they get started? Give us some details. Well, pretty much how I got started. Um, I don't want to say like I copied off of like true crime YouTubers. Like I try to go ahead and use my own style with true crime. So I would just go ahead and say, you know, watch different type of YouTubers and everything and just don't copy off of them, but figure out your own style with it. And of course, I don't really have all of the fancy tools and everything. So if you have a camera or a camera on your computer, just go ahead and start with that, a camera and a mic, and um, just make sure that you do your research well because, you know, just because, like, don't go off of your own memory of a specific case because I even covered the Casey Anthony, Kaylee Anthony case, and I can remember that almost as clear as day, but I still had to go ahead and do some research on that because there were some things about that case I really didn't know. So... Also, try to go, like, as for me, as, as a Christian YouTuber, I always try to go ahead and give that sense of hope. Because even with the unsolved cases, I just always have to give that sense of hope, saying that even though we don't know what happened to this individual, God knows, and that God will provide that justice. So um, that's pretty much what it is. And just really have a desire to just not get the subscriber count, but to really shed light on it. Because you'll be rewarding that. Like, honestly, like I've heard from families of a few people who I've covered and everything. And that's just very priceless. Unfortunately, like they, they really shouldn't have had to contact me. Like that stuff should not have happened to them. But, you know, unfortunately what happened to their loved one happened, but it's just a priceless feeling of knowing that, you know, even though you don't have all these views and all these likes and all these subscribers, the family still wants light shed they want as much light shed on their loved one's case as possible so just really have that sense of community service while you're doing it i like the angle you said about showing hope because some people feel as if they will never get justice for their loved ones and that's why we find so much hope in christ because he will bring justice to the wrongs that are done in this world and so i'm really glad that you mentioned that and that that's a different angle mostly true crime YouTubers just talk about the case, give their opinions on it. But where is the hope? Where is that, you know what, in the end, even if it's unsolved for us, it's not unsolvable for the Lord. And he will get justice for you. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And we often want to do that. I know I would if something happened to my loved one. I want to go ahead and get the machete, get the chainsaw and just, you know, call another day. If I knew who did whatever. But God said, vengeance is mine. I will repay especially when you hear about some of these cases where the person finds out who attacked or hurt their loved one and they are struggling with the need to do bodily harm to that person. And you always hear someone who has a clear, cool head say, if you do that, you will not be able to protect your family. You won't have your freedom or some other kind of consequence because as much as you can, you don't want to make bad people make you bad. If you, if I can use that term loosely. And so, yeah, I'm really intrigued by this. I can't wait to start subscribing to your channel and watching your videos. Now we're going to shift to your Christian suspense book, because I suspect that that must have led to you wanting to write Christian suspense. So go ahead. Tell us how your writing career began. Okay. Now, actually, my writing career didn't even begin with Christian suspense, honestly, because um, my first book, Never Going to Be Same, I was 
oh my word, I was 18 years old when I wrote it, but I was 19 years old when I published it. That was like in 2016. And it was like very different. Of course, it still was, you know, faith-based, but it was like more of the realistic, you know, heartwarming books and everything. But I just remember just loving series with like watching series with like many twists and turns. I'm like thinking to myself, really? I really miss having that desire to go ahead and write that. But then something came to me and I'm like, okay, I have this idea of a book series. Like what if this person was killed in their house and what if the core family was neighbors with them? So pretty much I made character sketches of like different families and everything and how they're all interconnected. And then never as it seems began. What's interesting is that you were 18 when you first started writing, and I want to use that as a point of encouragement to our listeners out there that you're never too young to begin writing. My youngest guest was seven. My oldest guest who had their first book was 80. So if you fall between seven and 80, you can do it. (laughs) You can definitely do it. And so I'm excited for you to see where your career grows, especially as you get better at this thing called writing. So now we're going to talk about Never As It Seems. And even the title gives you a slight chill because things are never quite what they seem. And it alludes to not just the title of the book and what's going on with the crime scene, but to people themselves. You never know if what you see is what you get. And sometimes what you think you don't want is exactly what you need. So there's a lot going on in Never As It Seems. So go ahead. Give us a quick summary about it, but no spoilers. (laughs) So to make a long story short, um, Never As It Seems revolves around the August family, who is headed by by a Haitian immigrant whose name is Kevin August. And he is a defense attorney, and his client, also neighbor, Dr. Delbert Davidson, is killed in his own house. Now, this nobody knows who did it and everything. So not only are they trying to figure out who killed Delroy, but there is just a whole lot of drama that surrounds the August family and a whole lot of drama that surrounds the lives of those around them. What was really sad is that in the beginning of the book, the daughter of Delroy wakes up when she hears, boom. It's not even a loud boom, it's a boom, something like that, like the door may have opened or closed, something like that. And then she goes right downstairs, and there's Papa lying in blood. And I was thinking, that's so cruel of you, Gomer. Why do you want to hurt your characters that way? And you said, well, this is what I do. (laughs) I do this online, you know, and I'm saying that facetiously, of course, but it was just really intriguing. For our listeners out there, Never As It Seems is available for free, for a free download, if you want to go ahead and get it. So go ahead and tell them where they can get this free download of your book. You can get it on Amazon for $0.00. And zero cents. You said $0.00. Cents. <laughs> I love that. And what I like about that, it gives you a taste of Gomer's style. And then you're going to go ahead and pick up the other books in the series as well. Now, you already answered a question I was going to ask you about whether or not you're a plotter or a pantser, and you're definitely a plotter. And plotters, I admire you people because you guys take the four, get together and think about things first. Whereas me, I'm just, whatever happens, happens. (laughs) So I love that question. I think a lot of authors do because when you outline or you uh, write on the flow of things, you know, it's amazing how you get things done, you know. Now, what have you learned during this process as an author, how do you think your writing has grown? Because you're relatively a young author, you're 25. And so I want to use that as encouragement because I'm pretty sure what you wrote at 18 
is it the same as what you're writing now and it won't be five years from now? So what have you learned so far in your writing journey? First and foremost, I learned that, at least for me personally, writing does not even get easier. It just gets harder and harder. It's like, it's just challenging. But of course, you know, I love the challenge because it's a creative challenge and everything. And with how my writing has changed, um, especially with outlining, because before the Never Has It Seen series, I don't think I really took the time to really get to know the characters as much, you know? So I just really dug deep into the characters' motivations and their fears and their strengths. And that's what really drove me, like, knowing who the characters are really helped me to progress with writing down the story. So I also pretty much learned to not only just take my time with it, but I pretty much learned that you kind of have to let the characters help you grow as a person as well, because, you know, you might see that, you know, one character has a specific flaw and it's like, oh, wow, it's like, maybe there's like a flaw in me. So like kind of makes you, you know, help me learn that as a writer, I kind of have to see if any of my personality lines with my character's personalities too. It's like almost like a growth experience, if that makes any sense. Well, it does. So much of ourselves are embedded in our art. And the more you read an author's writing, the more you get to know them, actually, because you always leave some part of yourself in there. Because creativity in of itself is an embedding of the soul, if you will. So I totally understand your thought process there. Now, we have this main character, August, Kevin, Kevin August. We have him, and he is the main protagonist of this. But he also has a friend. His friend is a detective. Tell us about this detective. So Gerald Dario, he is actually, he actually attends the same church as Kevin. So Gerald, he is a family man as well. But, you know, he is, just because he's, you know, a Christian, a born-again Christian, does not mean that he will take things lightly. Again, he is a detective. He does, I want to say demand, but he kind of, his energy kind of makes it seem like he demands respect and everything. Because people can't just call him Gerald. You know, they got to call him Detective Dario. So he is a man who takes his job seriously. Like he, you know, because he's actually the person who is investigating this murder. So he will, it doesn't matter who you are, he will go ahead and get the answers out of you, even if it makes you cry. But you need that type of tenacity when you're trying to figure this out. I remember watching a show where a gentleman who was a coroner and a medical examiner said the dead deserve that type of dedication to Mm -hmm. figure things out. Even if they're good people or bad people in our own vernacular, they deserve that type of dedication. So yeah, I definitely like detectives because he really comes off pretty strong, but at the the end of the day, he does have a soft heart. He he enjoys his family. And like you said, just because he's a Christian, doesn't mean you're going to walk all over him either. Mm -hmm. So what I want you to do for our listeners right now, I would love for you to read an excerpt from the story. So go ahead, set us up and I'm going to go ahead and mute myself. Okay, so this will be the end of chapter one. Daisy was slouching on her brother's couch as she turned the television on. Her brother was in the kitchen. She wasn't sure what to watch next, so she kept flipping through his Netflix. I never want to talk to another detective for as long as I live, she said. Neither do I, Jared replied. Have you called Andre yet? Still haven't. Jared was looking through the fridge. Do you want iced tea? Maybe it would make you feel better. Sure. He grabbed the IC as he made to open the cap. They heard a knock on the door. 
They looked at each other in surprise since they both knew Jared wasn't expecting company. It's probably Andre, Jared said. The young man walked towards the door and opened it. Who he saw on the other side of the door immediately brought back memories for him, painful memories. He felt like he was hit by a speeding train. Amber Clark removed her shades and smiled at him. She wore a tan sun hat and a green floral print dress. The woman was white and still a brunette. When Jared last saw her, the woman had straight hair instead of the curly one. He also noticed how his mother continued to wear bright red lipstick. My baby, she said. Jared's body began to shake. He was angry and he couldn't hide it. Without a second thought, he threw the iced tea at his mother's face. She screamed and did her best to wipe the iced tea from her face. If you don't want anything like this to happen again, Jared began to say, you never step foot into my apartment again. Without giving his mother a chance to explain herself, he slammed the door in her face. Slowly, he turned to look at his sister. He saw the shock on her face and realized she must have been trying to figure out everything that just occurred. How about I get you another bottle of iced tea, Jared asked. And that is an excerpt from Never What It Seems, which is available for free download on Amazon.com. So go ahead and pick up your copy today. What I'm really excited about is the fact that had that been me back in the day throwing to my mother's face, we would not be here to enjoy the show. <laughs> so I would be a, a memory in the ground somewhere. <laughs> but I like it, too, because it shows there's a huge dynamic here. So it's not just the murder of her father. There's some family drama going on, too. So what I want to do, too, is kind of tackle some of these other characters that you have. We don't have a lot of time left. But I want to tackle some of these other characters. And one of the other characters I want to tackle is Andre. And Andre is the sister who found her dad. That's her boyfriend. And what I like about that is that he's very supportive. In the beginning, at least, he's very supportive of her. But she's rejecting his support. Do you think it's just a case of her reacting to her dad's death? Is there something more to that? It definitely is. Um, pretty much um, with Daisy, usually she would want Andre to move heaven and earth for her. But with all of the craziness surrounding her dad's death, you know, it really messed her up. You know, she was the one who found his dead body. So it's like, you know, you have this boyfriend who really wants to support you, but it's like, she just thinks to herself, like, what are you going to do for me right now? It's not like you can bring my dad back to me. So it's like, you know, Andre is just still there. Like, sure, she'll go ahead and like um, have this emotional support, but it's like, she just think to herself, like, what else could you do for me, like, honestly? And that is what death does for people. It really think, brings things into perspective. I know I've learned that myself recently. So, yeah, I really like it. And then for our listeners out there, for you, those of you listening, when you read Gomer's book, it reads very conversationally. If you listen to the way that Gomer is talking to you right now, that's how the book reads. It's very conversational, but it's never boring at all. The action picks up very quickly, and it continues to pick up as you get hit with one twist and turn, some um, exciting revelation as, as it comes up to. So a lot's going on in this book. So make sure you go ahead, download Never As It Seems today on Amazon.com. But Goma, we are at the end of our show today, and I really enjoyed having you. If people want to get to know you via your YouTube channel, go ahead and give us that title as well as your social media outlets and your website. 
All right, if you want to go ahead and look at my videos on YouTube, they are, it is Domer Joseph. If you want to follow me on social media, my Facebook is Author Domer Joseph, and you can follow me on Instagram at Author Domer Joseph. Domer, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. This show is always about encouraging the aspiring author out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. So in the few moments that we have left, go ahead and encourage our authors out there today. Now, for any author who I would say that in my experience, try to prove people wrong. If somebody says that you can't do them, prove them wrong. I love that. There is nothing like someone who has something to prove. I heard that from the gentleman who ran Domino's Pizza years ago at a business networking function. He said, never underestimate someone who has something to prove. I like that because it challenges not just the person who said you couldn't do it, but it also challenges yourself. If you have the gift that God gave you, why not go ahead and use it? Bummer, thank you so much for being with me on the show today, and I cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Parker J. I appreciate it. And we were talking today to Gomer Joseph. He is the author of the book, Never As It Seems, on Amazon.com, available for free download. So go ahead and pick up your copy today. One of the things that I loved about Gomer was that his youthfulness and his desire to succeed just shines through every aspect of his voice. You can hear it just as I was listening to it. I was so encouraged listening to him because he's only 25 and yet he's an author. What is holding you back from writing your book? Do you think you're too young to write it? Do you think maybe I won't succeed? Don't let that stop you at all. You can do it. If Gomer can do it, you can do it too. And guess what? You're going to make mistakes. That is okay. Mistakes help us learn how not to make the same mistake again. So there's a lot going on with that. And I'm so excited that Gomer was with us today to highlight that. And I hope you are encouraged by it as well. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.